We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 376. Today, we have a truly inspiring guest on with us. She grew up riding horses in Connecticut, and she continued on in her career. She trained with some of the top riders and trainers in the industry, including Timmy Keyes, Leslie Howard, and Kent Farrington. After a very scary breast cancer diagnosis last year, she is sharing her profound experience and revealing how horseback riding became her anchor during the most challenging time of her life. Facing a breast cancer diagnosis, she found solace, control, and unwavering support in the world of equestrian pursuits. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Alexa Pessoa. Hi, Alexa. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Tell me how you first got started in the equestrian world. What did it look like? Um, so my mom grew up riding and I'm one of four children, but three girls and the three of us all learned to ride at a really young age with my mom. Um, it was important to her, I think, to at least show us horses and the sport. And then, um, once I think I was in middle school, my parents actually bought a bigger property. We had our horses at home and they built like a little, you know, pony barn at the time, but then grew into horses. So it was really a family lifestyle for us, I would say, always since I can remember. Um, I rode at the Hunt Club in Westport with Emerson Burr as a kid, and that program then led into riding with Leslie Howard. She was there sort of for the the higher level, more like elite riding at the Hunt Club. So for me, it was sort of a case of I was just so lucky to be, to grow up where I did and have access to this window into a very high level of the sport at a young age. Um, Not necessarily myself, but I can remember the 96 Olympics in Atlanta, Leslie was on the team. And so for all of us at home, you know, I was in elementary school, middle school, you know, watching that and following along with that. And, you know, probably a pretty unique experience. Um, And then that just grew into, you know, riding with her and then, Around my last junior year, Kent Farrington came to work as her sort of assistant working student at the time. And I really connected with Kent on his approach with the horses. And he ended up starting his own business probably a year or two after he came to Fairfield. And a couple of the clients decided to work with him. And basically from there, I would say for me, it just like never really slowed down. Um, I was, I tried, I I did go to college and I did work in other industries, but ultimately I always was drawn back to the horses and this world. And it's been definitely a mainstay in my, you know, in my entire life. And I'm sure it will continue to be. Absolutely. If you had some key moments that stick out in your head over the course of your I guess not only junior years, but then um, as you, you aged out, do you have mm-hmm. um, things that really like stick out as pivotal moments in your riding career? 
I would say that working with Kent when I first started working more exclusively with Kent it was really pivotal for me. Um, and it wasn't to say that there was anything about particularly working with Leslie that, you know, was negative. It was just that something about the way that Kent approached everything with the horses just clicked for me. And there was a moment it was luckily it was my last junior year. So I did still, you know, I was almost done, but I, I did still get to, um, you know, have some of that really successful junior experience um, at the end of my junior career. And it was just like Kent just brought this simplicity to training that I think I was really drawn to. And it just made a lot of sense for me. And we had instantly going to all these same major shows that I had already been to and that maybe I would had been, you know, seventh or eighth or, you know, in, in my previous program and then coming in that last junior year and, you know, winning those classes at major horse shows was just like all of a sudden this like big moment for me that, you know, I could be the winner and understanding like the difference for me, at least in what systems worked and what, you know, what hadn't really been working. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's a great point. And, you know, there's so many programs out there and you can really figure out, you, you, can, you can really feel when something just clicks. And, and that's, I think, a great example of, you know, doing well and having, you know, ribbons and being in the top 10 to then all of a sudden being able to take that next step and, you know, being winning, being top three, you know, having that mm -hmm. consistency. I mean, it's, it seems maybe like some small differences, but I think it does a lot for your riding to get some of those big wins. Absolutely. And I think confidence breeds confidence and it's sort of wild when you experience that for the first time and you realize that things really weren't making sense maybe before and the simplicity aspect of when things are going well and you're confident and you're connected with the horse that you're riding, how truly simple and easy it feels, which is, I think, you know, that's always the goal. It's, we don't always feel that on a day-to-day -day basis, but when you can catch that wave, um, it's just the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. During a, a checkup with your doctor last year, you had found some abnormalities and needed a biopsy to figure out what was going on. Tell me a little bit about the experience and what you ultimately found out. Sure. Um, I would say at the time, I was, like most people, feeling like very in control of most of the elements of my life and that I was going for a checkup as a way of just ticking a box and doing my duty and my due diligence. And that's just something that you, you know, you go and do and yeah. you check it off your list. And so for me, the news of an abnormality definitely came as this shock. All of a sudden, everything, you know, gets very quiet and you sort of realize, oh, okay, wait a minute. Now I actually like, I need to recalibrate and like, you know, refocus my energy on this. And it's a very, I would say, like I said, in my, my piece, the, the hardest part for me was going through the process of those early days of diagnosis and being like passed from one doctor to then needing a different doctor and then potentially even another doctor. And, um, everyone, you know, some, some are gentler than others. And, you know, on the scale of what those doctors are dealing with on any given day, you know, what you're going through might be fairly minor, but obviously to me in that moment, it was, you know, this crushing reality. So that was very hard was to sort of weather with strength and grace, mm -hmm. those appointments and calmly get information because often 
I, for me at least, I felt like my ears were like kind of like you have that like buzzing of you're a little bit out of body. So for me in the beginning, I had a really hard time finding like touch points on like people my age or people that I knew that had gone through this and like, where do I go and what do I do? And um, so that early, you know, early stage for me, that first month or so was really disorienting. How did you, or I guess still do, cope with um, maybe especially the initial uncertainty and obviously the anxiety during this period of time? Yeah, definitely um, was a big challenge for me. You learn a lot about yourself in um, moments like this in your life. And I think that I definitely learned that, you know, I'm able to compartmentalize, but I I immediately looked for the things I could control and, you know, how I could take care of this and, you know, what I could do. And it is definitely challenging, especially when, you know, at the time I was navigating, I have small children who I, I didn't even really know what the big picture was going to look like in the beginning. So I definitely didn't want to overwhelm them or, or worry them. Um, so, you know, that's a big part of, I think it's a double-edged sword. You know, people always say like, you know, when you're a parent, like the reality is you just wake up every day and you, you know, make their life happen and whatever's going on in your life, you know, they are the priority and that, you know, has to come first. So that's a good thing and a bad thing. Cause I think, you know, you tend to just like shelf what's mm -hmm. really going on. Um, but it also does just keep everything moving forward. So I learned a lot about myself and I think uncertainty for sure was the hardest part. And, you know, in the big picture now, having done this last year, I do feel like there, the reality is there's uncertainty in everyone's lives, whether we are acutely aware of it or not. Right. And how you choose to live each day and, and what you choose to focus on, I think, really impacts the experience that you're able to have on mm -hmm. Earth. <laughs> so right. it's a bigger it's a bigger picture item for sure. Definitely. And many people have personal passions or hobbies that, you know, provide a sense of escape and empowerment. How do you feel like your horse and, and riding in general helped you through this journey? I would say that it was absolutely, I mean, it was crucial. It was a pivotal moment. Yes. Um, it was a pivotal moment for me when all of this sort of came into, a, you know, acute focus was late September, early October of last year. And, you know, everyone's sort of immediate reaction was like all the adults in the room were like, okay, let's, you know, we got to stop and, you know, let's focus on this. And my reaction was, you know, so much of this is going to be under the radar in like my immediate, you know, young children's lives. And then, and, you know, maybe even what was a long time in the big picture was very under the radar. I just felt like I just want to still do all the things I love to do, because really what it makes you realize is it's so easy to even just take for granted what we're able bodied to do each day. And that became, you know, immediate to me. I was like, I'm not canceling anything. I want to keep going. I want to keep showing as long as I feel good. And I'm going to go forward and I'm going to make all these appointments. I'm certainly not going to blow it off, which is the other thing I should say. There's this moment where you realize like as an adult, when you receive information like this, there's this moment where you could just say, I don't want to do this right now. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just, I'm not going to 
let this get in my way. I'm just like, not even I like almost disregard. No doctor forces you to then go to the next step. Right. And so you have this kind of moment like, oh my God, I just don't even want to believe that this is in the room with me. But you know, that's not the responsible thing to do. So in the moment, I just thought I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to do everything I have to do. I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, at all irresponsible, but I need to be able to ride. And it was so, so, so critical um, to my mental health to just have that connection every day and get in this zone where I didn't have to think about this. And it was phenomenal because if you're doing this well in this sport, the truth is that you shouldn't be thinking about anything else when you're on course or even warming up. You know, your mind is supposed to be really um, clear and focused on, you know, listening to your horse and what a gift that can be in a moment when, you know, your mind is so loud. We've talked a lot about saddles and saddle fit on the podcast just because it's so important that you are using a saddle that really fits you and your horse, but especially your horse. It really does make or break the comfort level and the ability for the horse to perform at their best. And then having something that fits you is also really important for you guys to really work as a team. I love Voltaire Design. I've been wearing and using their saddles for probably over three years now. And I just think they have so many great qualities to them. They are a French-made saddle. I ride in the Palm Beach, which is one of their classic jumping saddles. And I just love how flexible it is. It's one of the only flexible trees out there on the market. And it really allows for the horse's shoulder to stay really open, which I think is super important. If you want more information, visit their website to just learn about all of the design and innovation and performance that Voltaire Design can allow. So many top riders use Voltaire, and I feel like that really speaks for itself. So for more info, visit their website at VoltaireDesign.com. That's V-O-L-T-A-I-R-E design.com. Also want to mention that there is a limited special on 16 inch saddles. So make sure that you ask your local Voltaire saddle specialist about the deals on 16 inch saddles. All right, let's get back to the episode. I know obviously horses are so intuitive, so sensitive to us. Were there any moments that you felt like your relationship with your horse was different or like evolved since you had the news of of the biopsy and the diagnosis i mean i would say i mean this poor horse like for sure was carrying the emotional load of, um, <laughs> you know more so than anyone because i i didn't want to scare anyone with right. how truly nervous i was and so i didn't want to even fully unload that onto my husband or fully unload that to my mother so the reality is like you know the horse is like such an amazing emotional outlet. And I would say, you know, the horse in general for me um, had been, we had this kind of amazing run up to this moment where um, this particular horse was a horse that my husband rode at a very high level. And basically we were looking to pivot and not, you know, not push so hard anymore in the sport and find like a little niche for him where he mm -hmm. could be, you know, just consistently comfortable and um, finding the job that really 
he could just groove. And we had sort of done that the summer preceding um, this diagnosis. So he and I were just like riding on this wavelength anyway. Um, mm. That was so you know fun for me because I hadn't, you know, ever really maybe had a horse like that. And also certainly not in the last, you know, previous 10 years. So for me, it was this moment where I was kind of rediscovering myself as a rider and, you know, not just a mother, not just a trainer, not just, you know, it was this really, truly independent moment of each day. So the fact that this all happened kind of um, on the heels of that season with him was so amazing because I had this really strong sense of self and relationship and um, confidence that he was giving me. And then we then just built on that because honestly, like you said, this was such a difficult time in my life that I think horses, you know, they're still animals. And certainly I don't think that they're always going to be you know, they're not going to be perfect every day. And it's not to say that we, you know, always had a perfect round or whatever, but he was just such a consistent touchstone for me Mm. that I just knew we could do it all the time. I had this incredible confidence with the horse. So it just sort of like, you know, put a balm on any pain that I had anywhere else in my body because it was just like this way to go with him that I knew was going to be go a certain way and you know we don't always have that horse in our life you know we all know that horses can be really challenging so the fact that he's been in my life at this time I think was just more meant to be than anything and you know we had a few moments over the winter that truly kept me going in the very, very dark, sort of hard, cold moments, because that's the reality is like in medicine, or if you're being treated or having to have surgeries, you know, there's just, it's very, very lonely. And you're, you're really alone, um, and quiet in a lot of these moments. And it's so nice to be able to draw on a warmth in your life. And for, for me, you know, that was him, because obviously, I have an incredible family, but they just, I I could see the fear in their eyes. And so thinking of them just made me that much. I felt this like burden of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And with my relationship with him, you know, it was just like this sort of easy love. Yeah. So it was a, it was very, very important for me for sure. Wow. After a full season in Florida, you had surgery. Obviously this was a big moment in your life. How did this change? I guess your perspective on life, what impact did it have on your future goals? Sure. It did definitely change my perspective. Um, I think anytime you know that, you know, you're facing a really um, difficult physical time, you know, you, you rely on those easy moments. You sort of look back on how like, you know, they've taken things for granted in the past. And for me, the winter season, I really pushed myself further. I would say like I entered classes that in the past I sort of would think to myself, well, I'm not going to enter that because I don't know if I can go clear or I don't, I'm not a big risk taker in general. And I just sort of had this moment of like, I have this incredible horse. Um, You know, we can take one more step forward. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but at least, you know, let's push this a little bit. So I feel like I'm really, truly, you know, investigating where I can go with this. And, you know, I knew I was going to have the the rest period and he was going to have a rest period. 
and then coming back after surgery, you know, you just have this vantage where it's like, I want to get to do everything I can possibly do. And I want to ask for those things that I maybe would have been, um, you know, too insecure or too inhibited to ask for in the past. You know, I want to understand that, like, I want, you know, in this sport, no one is really going to hand you anything. If you want to do something, you have to put yourself forward, say, I can do this, say, you know, uh, this is what, you know, I can deliver for you and, and make it happen and go out there and do it. And so um, I think for me, it just sort of was this formative moment where, you know, obviously I'm in a relationship where my husband is at the very, very top of the sport. And I think that obviously that's a very, you know, it's a positive thing in our business and in our life. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of years, I just sort of thought that's his role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was not a competing entity in that at all. And even now, even what I'm currently doing or what I would like to do isn't to say necessarily directly competing, but what I would like to do is push myself further and say, how far could I go in the sport? Right. And even being able to ride the horse that I had last year sort of opened my eyes to all it really takes is that one horse, you know, coming mm -hmm. down the pipeline. And if you've been doing the work and you're going to continue to work hard, the horse is what truly does unlock, um, you know, all those doors. So I think it just like you have this moment of like, what am I waiting for? Like, I'm what am I worried about? Who am I going to upset? You mm -hmm. know, um, I want to be able to do everything I, you know, could ever dream of doing. And so for me, it definitely just was this like match under, mm -hmm. you know, like lighting a little bit of a fuse for right. me. Um, I know in your piece, you mentioned the feeling of being limitless after your experience. How has this newfound sense of limitlessness really influence your life and, and the way that you approach challenges and, and what you want to do with your life? I think it's impacted me on multiple fronts. Um, you know, I do some teaching um, alongside Rodrigo and, you know, I try to instill this sense uh, in the girls of like, it's today, it's now, it's the moment, you know, you have this horse, this is his hour of the day that he's at work. And when you're in the ring, that's the 80 seconds of the day that, you know, you have to make it happen. And mm -hmm. just kind of, I think we can all get a little bit sleepy and especially when we have so much afforded to us or so much comfort around us in the sport, obviously, you know, things are, are good enough, but how do we make something great? Like we said earlier, you know, the difference of moving from being a 10th place ribbon winner to being the winner, you know, yeah. what is that, what is that bridge that we have to, you know, build? And so I would say that for me, it's definitely erased a lot of self doubt. It's given me more confidence in general because I sort of learned about myself over the fall that I have all these tools and I, I went off on a couple sort of solo missions just by chance and had success doing things on my own. And I realized like what no one else has, you know, inflicted this on me. This is a self doubt that I had kind of built around myself probably because I'm beside someone so accomplished, I feel like that maybe I just built this sort of view of myself. And the more I did on my own and the more like soul searching I was doing, I was sort of realizing like, wow, I think I actually could probably 
do a lot of this on my own. Um, And so, you know, it definitely, it definitely woke me up, I would say. Um, I'm also at a different stage in my life uh, in motherhood. You know, my kids are school age. They're very independent and um, we're doing this, you know, as a family, but they obviously, they have like this whole structure built around them now with school and with sports. And it leaves me room to really explore, you know, a little bit more in depth, you know, what my capacities are. So it's definitely been uh, a positive in that way. Definitely. What would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? So this topic surrounding health and sort of wellness, well-being, um, definitely for me, I feel is something that we overlook as an industry. I think that with the introduction of things like ringside MD or health, you know, show MD, things like that. I think that things like that are amazing because the reality is that so many of us are going week to week. And in my case, you know, the only time I ever would kind of crush out all these appointments in the past would be like September. I'd be like, we're always home in September. I've got like dentist I've got every possible thing that needs to get done I would sort of cram in and it was like this like I said just checking off a box the reality is that some people are moving more than even I am and don't ever make the time for that annual checkup and whether you know in my case it was breast cancer there's obviously so many you know thousands of things that um, we should be getting checked for as we advance you know in age but I think that for me that is something that I hope this article helped bring to light a little bit is that, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, or young. I shouldn't say I'm young. I'm like oh, please. Relatively young. <laughs> Age I'm is relative. relative. <laughs> I'm relatively young. I am in very good uh, health otherwise. And this was a massive shock. You know, it's, it's not something that I think people think like, oh, someone that's sick. You know, right. I would have had absolutely no... Um, way of knowing that this was happening in my body without the just like annual checkup type diagnostics. And, you know, I had I waited, you know, two, three, even, you know, however many years down the road, I would be in a totally, totally different place. And so Mm. I guess I used to be a little bit of the type of person that like avoided looking into or what would I find or I don't want to know. And this completely radicalized my view on that because now I'm like, the early detection saves you from, Mm -hmm. you know, so much more um, invasive efforts. And so for me, early detection was everything. Obviously, it was still a big process. I still, you know, had to go through a pretty much like I would say life-changing year, but I am in such a better, healthier place than I would be um, had I either not gone or waited until... I had symptoms, I would have been in a completely different situation health-wise and even on like a broader, bigger picture um, of my health. So I can't say enough things about just going in and having regular annual checkups. It's mm-hmm. it's incredibly important. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's such a, such a good reminder for us, especially those of us who are 
traveling majority of the year and, you know, you just don't physically have enough hours in the day to right. um, try to prioritize things like that. So I think it's a great reminder um, for anyone listening who hasn't read Alexa's piece. It's on Horse Network, Riding Got Me Through Breast Cancer. So make sure you go check it out. I'll have the link along with the episode for you to read. It's so it's really it's really moving. And I think just a testament to your character and resilience and um Obviously, it was life altering, but I think there's so many things that have changed you and have given you a completely different outlook on life, which can also be an incredible part of your story. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all learning as we go. And part of what moved me to ultimately share that piece was that I hope that it moves the needle for someone in our community. Mm -hmm. And it's um, our responsibility, I think, as a community and as humans to share as much as possible so that, you know, you alleviate someone else's experience down the road. Definitely. Well, Alexa, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I hope to see you in Florida this winter and I wish you all the best. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.